Welcome to episode three of Talking EPL with Robbie D and Joey G. Um, Hello. Joey. Yes? What's happening? Welcome back, mate. Episode number three. Yeah, welcome back indeed, mate. Uh, another day, another episode. Let's get down into the uh, nitty gritty of all the games going on. I hear we have a special guest. Yes, we do. We have... Um... Matt, long-time um, Chelsea supporter. Welcome to Talking APL, Matty. Guys, uh, Joey, Robbie, thanks Welcome. for having me. Uh, looking forward to getting stuck in, so uh, let's do it. Let's get down yeah, to business, so, shall we? Uh, ep- yeah, episode number three, will be previewing our two match of the rounds. Um, the first one is going to be the six-pointer. Um very important game between Chelsea and Manchester City at the Stamford Bridge. Um, so, what are your thoughts, lads? Oh, um, you know, uh, Matt, you being a Chelsea supporter, you know, what's your thoughts on, um, you know, Tuchel coming across at the start of the year? Um, he's done wonders at the club. Hey, it was... He came at a time where we really needed it. Um, Lampard, look, as, with no disrespect to him, you know, he just wasn't ready for such a big job so early in his career. Um, and we're all over the shop under him. So in hindsight, um, getting rid of him was the right decision. Once Tuchel had come in, he just completely changed the way we played the game. He, he, yeah, he reinvigorated players as well. Um, you know, I feel that Kovacic, completely different player under Tuchel, Antonio Rudiger really came to life under Tuchel as well. Probably the Champions League final was the best game I'd ever seen him play for the club. So, like you said, Rob, he's come in. He's he's done wonders for the club. And, um, you know, if you told me this time 12 months ago Chelsea would win a Champions League final, I'd have thought, what planet are you on? You know, I didn't think we were quite there yet. And now he's put us in a position where we could not only – I still think we can challenge for the Champions League again this season – and then, you know, challenge for the Prem title as well. We're in a good enough position to do that. And that's under Tuchel and the way he plays football. And, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at the, at, the, at, the, at the moment, as it stands, um, Chelsea sitting on top of the table, four wins and a draw. Um, and a plus... 13. 11. Oh, plus 11, yeah, sorry. Yeah, plus yeah, we're 11. On the same, we're on the same goal difference as Liverpool. Yeah, plus 11 goal difference. Um, Liverpool's in second spot. Um, four wins and a draw. Plus 11 goal difference. And for what I, what I recall is the reason why Chelsea is on top of Liverpool is because when they drew a couple of weeks ago, Chelsea was their wayside. So they've given them top spot based on that. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, it was Kai Habits' goal, yeah. Because they do it. I think it's goal difference, then goals scored, and then um, head-to-head. So, obviously, we, yeah, as you said, we've got that away goal. So, that puts us on top on the head-to-head, which is very rarely used in the Prem these days. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, very interesting they did that. Uh, Manchester City sitting in fifth spot um, on... 10 points with a plus 10 goal difference. Right, before I let you 
to get started and previewing this game, um, this is a massive game for Manchester City. You know, Chelsea is three points ahead of them. It's still early days, but it's a six-pointer because if Chelsea beats Manchester City, they jump two clear games in front of them, and then you've got Liverpool away to Brentford. You've got Manchester United at home to Aston Villa. Potentially, Manchester City um, will be chasing very, very early in the season. You've got to factor in this time last year, uh, Manchester City were also chasing for the title and they somehow caught up. But this year is a completely different beast. You've got teams that are challenging for the title and teams that are recruited well in certain areas and will give as many problems as they can. I mean, Chelsea, to me, are the team to beat with the squad depth that they do have. But I also feel Man City could also uh, cause a couple of problems with the squad depth that they have under Pep Guardiola and how Pep Guardiola sets up. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Joey on that. You made a really good point. The fact that last early, last season, Manchester City had a really slow start. But I think the difference is this year, um, the teams that they're chasing, the squads are a lot stronger and a lot deeper. Um, So, you know, your Manchester United's obviously have made big signings. Liverpool's back to full strength again. Chelsea's brought in Lukaku. Um, I just don't think Manchester City will make up the ground that they did last year if they continue letting Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester United get away from them. So that's why I think this is a massive game. All right. Um, I'll leave you two lads to it. So, Matt, obviously I'll start with you. What's your thoughts on this game, um, what's your thoughts on the way Chelsea are going to start with their starting 11? Any changes, injury updates? How did you go in the Carabao Cup during the week? Yep. Um, well, to get uh, stuck into the game, um, look, as you said, massive game, especially for Manchester City. You know, I feel like they need, like I said, yeah, they need to win to get to, to keep the ground on the big three at the moment. Um, that being said, for our case, you know, we just got to keep winning. We just got to keep getting these results. Um, and this is the best way to do it. You know, if we can get a result against a team like Man City, who, you know, over the past decade have proven that they are one of the big boys, and not just England, but in Europe, it'd be a massive confidence boost for Tuchel as well. Um, especially, you, you know, take past records out of it. Yeah, he's beaten Guardiola a few times, especially in the Champions League final, it's most memorable. But, you know, going into this one, I think that, you know, we've just, yeah, we're just going to be ready to go. And I think Tuchel will have that sort of mental advantage over Guardiola, so to speak. Um, but that being said, I think with our starting 11 for this game, um, I think we go in unchanged from Tottenham, um, except for Kepper and Mendy. I think Mendy will be fit enough to come back into the squad. I've heard that Tuchel is happy with the way he's progressing with his injury. Um, he didn't play him in the Carabao Cup during the week. In fact, there were a fair few players not in that squad from the Carabao Cup during the week. So, I don't know. My predicted starting eleven would be Lukaku up front, Mount and Havertz playing in behind Lukaku. And then um, Alonso on the wing, Jorginho and Kovacic in mid in the centre of midfield, as Pelicueta on the other wing. 
Rudiger, Silva, Christensen at the back, and then Mendy and goals for me. And what about Kante? Because he came on at halftime against Tottenham last week and think, changed what the we whole do, game. He did. He, he did. And that's just, yeah, I think what Tuchel did there was he sort of shifted, shifted. I think he shifted Azpilicueta back into defence at halftime, subbed off. So I think I forget who he subbed off at halftime, but yeah, sub off. Uh, I think in this case, like if we're looking at Man City, he subs off Jorginho. I reckon at halftime, if things aren't necessarily going the way he'd like to, and then uh, accommodate for a central uh, defensive midfielder in Kante. Once he does that, you know the game, the ball game just shifts. And I think you know Kante is a player, and we've seen it last week. He has the capacity to completely change the game, and he did. You know, once once we started in the second half last week, Kante was just all over it. Um, and once we got in front, it was pretty much it. Like there was Tottenham had no chance of getting us or chasing us down. Um, I don't think it will be obviously the same because, you know, we're talking about a completely different box of frogs in Man City. They just had the ability with the quality they've got in their squad. They've got the ability to punish teams and punish. And that's where we've got to be weary of them. Um, which kind of helps with the, a strong centre-back in Thiago Silva. You know, the man's got experience um, at his age. He's at 37, 38 years old. And he's still, you know, holding firm. And he did last weekend against the likes of Kane, Son, Lo Celso. And I think he can he can do that in front of um, in front of Grealish and um, De Bruyne and all them. So, you know, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how this one goes. Yeah. Um, and just another one, mate. Obviously, Tammy Abraham is doing really well at Roma at the moment. What's your thoughts on, obviously, Lukaku came in, um, but what's your thoughts on um, Tammy Abraham's departure? Can you see that buyback clause coming into effect in a couple of years' time? Look, Tammy, I mean, it was hard because he wasn't, he was never going to get a game ahead of Lukaku. Like, Rom is just Rom's quality. Let's let's um, make that clear. Um, you know, he showed promise in his first couple of seasons with us, especially the season when we had the transfer ban. He was scoring a few good goals as well. Um, you know, so I, I was a bit sad to see him leave, and it's good to see that he's doing so well with Roma. I think he's scored in most of the games he's played. Um, I, don't, I don't really follow Italian league football, so I haven't been keeping up, but. Um, you know, it's, again, a good young player. Come through our youth system as well. Uh, let's not forget. So, um, yeah, sad to see him leave. But I just, he was never going to get first-team football ahead of Romelu Lukaku. And I think that's what he wanted long-term, which is understandable for a player of his quality. Um, so, I'm glad that he's getting that in Rome under Jose Mourinho as well. And I think where I think they're on top of the table in Italy at the moment. Um, I think they're in or, the top, or top five. They're in the top four, top yeah. five at the moment. So. so so they're up there. They're up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Lukaku coming across um, from Inter Milan. To me, and I, I mentioned this in one of our earlier episodes, Lukaku just gives Chelsea another dimension. Um, I, I think his ability to hold the ball up now, um, obviously under... Um, Conti at Inter Milan, I think that's the part of his game he really um, developed and improved on. And he is 
almost unplayable at times now because he can hold the ball up, good in the air, he's quick, he can play off the shoulder, um, and he gives, like I said, he gives Chelsea another different dimension. He can hold that ball up and he gets those, um, you know, players like um, Hervats and uh, Mason Mount, etc., all running off him. Um, so, yeah, I... Uh, I, I no, no, he gives he gives the wingers he gives the wingers also a good option across as well because of his size and because of his aerial ability, um, and not only that he reminds me of um, he reminds me a bit of Diego Costa in the sense that because of his size he can just absolutely bully and monster defenders and that's what we lacked in the last couple of seasons. Don't get me wrong, Timo Werner, good little player, pacey, but he just lacked that element of really bullying a defender. Yeah, and that's um, what you need. You know, to be honest, the only defender, because I've watched Chelsea pretty much most games they've played this season, the only mm. defender that matched Lukaku for pace and power and... Van Dyke. Van Dyke. Van Dyke. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, Van Dyke is the best centre-back in the world at the moment. Um, oh, without a doubt. Definitely. Yeah. And, without a doubt. And... Um, you know, that was a good battle, that, that game, um, between Van Dijk and Lukaku. But, yeah, like I said, not many centre-backs are going to be able to handle Lukaku. Um, but what's your prediction, Matt? Obviously, you know, you got to – obviously, you got your head, you've got your heart, Chelsea's in your heart. What's your prediction for this game? If you had to take uh, your Chelsea hat off. All right, I'll take the Chelsea good. hat off. Yeah. I'll say – I'll say we win 2-1. Um, it'll, it'll be a high-scoring game, but um, yeah, very free-flowing, very attacking. Um, but I reckon we'll just get the points at the bridge. I might have to contradict you there, Matty Boy. I feel that uh, Man City's going to have their fair share of um, attacking moments as well. I feel that it'll be even more high-scoring. I feel it's going to be one of those games that it will be 2-2 locked into halftime. And as the game goes in later, I feel that it's going to be decided with a late but controversial finish. I have a weird Ooh. feeling because, because these kind of games, they've got, they've got the ability to draw that bit of controversy, whether it be a controversial decision or a controversial goal. I just feel that the way that these Man City and um, Chelsea games have panned out over the years, there's never not been controversy, and you can't say I'm wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong at all. I remember a game probably about five years ago under it was under Antonio Conte. We beat City three one away at um, Etihad. It, the game was just mud. It was own goals. There was red cards. Just a whole lot of controversy. It was unbelievable. I think there was two send offs in that game. Aguero got sent off for kicking out, and I forget who the other the other Man City player was that got sent off. So. Yeah, to say that uh, there's controversy whenever we play Manchester City is not far off at all. <laughs> it doesn't matter um, whether... Sorry. Yep, what's happening, mate? Um, how do you... Um, you know, how do you assess Manchester City season thus far? Um, they started... They, their starting 11 is going to look like tomorrow. Um, they, they, started, they started their season fairly... 
I wouldn't say it was the best start to a season under Manchester City or Pep Guardiola's standards. They brought in Jack Grealish for a British record fee of 100 million million pounds. I think I'm not mistaken. Do I think Jack Grealish is worth 100 million pounds? No, not at all. But do I think he's going to add something different to this Manchester City team? Yes and no. Yes, because they've got that kind of player in De Bruyne. No, because of the no, because of the player they've got in De Bruyne. Yes, because if De Bruyne goes down, they need another creator in there to really rustle a few feathers and you know make sure that a De Bruyne-like presence is missing. Not that I'm saying that Grealish is like De Bruyne, not a chance. But what I am saying is. When you lose a creative midfielder to an injury, you need someone who's just as creative, just as energetic, if not more. And I feel that Grealish could offer that with the right guidance. Now, I feel with Manchester City's, uh, I got a big injury list. Zinchenko's out with a knock, so he's very doubtful that he'll play. Laporte's out with a groin injury. He's doubtful that he'll even play. Obviously, Mendy, uh, he's out with a disciplinary action. Don't know what that is. Um, Gundogan is out with a knock. He's doubtful whether he'll play. John Stone's got a bit of a muscle injury, and he's doubtful whether he'll play. And Rodri, the big screen in the Manchester City midfield, he'll be missed. He's also doubtful. Um, I watched. The, I, I heard about the Southampton game. There was a lot of controversy in that game, whether, whether, whether Southampton should have had a penalty. I think the fair decision was made. But I also feel, I also feel that um, going into this game, Pep Guardiola will not change his lineup. He obviously went in pretty strong. He went in, he went in pretty strong. He played a couple of youth players. A lot of he had a youth a backline of youth players and one midfielder that was in the youth. So I feel the goalkeeper for me for Man City's game against Chelsea is going to be Edison. You can't really displace him off of a um, starting goalie role. Uh, Kyle Walker will be playing the right back position. Cancelo will play left back if um, uh, Zinchenko's out with an injury. I feel that the um, defense is going to be Diaz and Ake, like last weekend. The midfield, now the midfield's a bit of an interesting one. Fernandinho will have to come into that if Rodri's out with a knock. Silver and Gun Silver will definitely be playing. I don't feel Gundogan's going to be because obviously he's out injured at the moment. I feel Foden's going to get a midfield spot this week after his uh, bright performance against uh, Wickham. And I was only against Wickham, but after that performance, you've got to give him a go. Now, Grealish will be on one wing. I feel Sterling will be on the other. And I feel Gabriel Jesus will be playing through the middle. That's my prediction. Yeah. Um, it's, it's crazy that you, you, know, you named all those players on the injury list. And then you name that starting 11. <laughs> Still a very strong starting 11. Shows how much depth Manchester City's got. And, you know, as I said, in you know we've, we've spoken about it, Joey, about that number nine position at Manchester City. Obviously, for Guerrero leaving, they didn't, on, they didn't sign a replacement. Um, they missed out on Harry Kane. You know, we, they need to share the, the goal scoring around, um, you know, Sterling, Grealish, De Bruyne, Jesus, Torres. Um, they're, they're the players that are going to have to get the goals for, for Manchester City this season. Um, if, you know, if you know one thing about Guardiola, he likes to rely heavily on his width and his wingers 
have to be very good finishers as well as very good defensively when they go back. He prides himself on that and loves having two number two number tens because he feels that the more creativity he's got in his midfield, the better it is for him going forward because it'll allow goals to come from all over the pitch, not just one area. And how do you assess um, Grealish's start to his Manchester City career? Coming in from Aston Villa, I was very sceptical. I was I was extremely sceptical because you've got to realise he's come he's come from a from a very small club, not been Aston Villa fans, but from a small club to a bigger club that challenges for trophies, that's in Europe every season. And he's only scored one goal and set up one goal. It's been an to me a very average start by by the numbers that I read. But um Anything's possible with Jack Grealish. He could he could turn out to be a world beater. He couldn't turn out to be a world beater. We're not going to know with with unless more games ravel on. And I don't think a hundred million was the right price tag. I think it's a bit excessive. I know when you when you have to pay a release clause, you have to pay a release clause, and that's that. But for a hundred million, and in five games, only getting one goal and an assist, I don't think he's been amazing. He's been okay, to say the least. And that's overstretching it, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd have to well, agree with that. In, he did score in the Champions League against Leipzig. Um, so he has, obviously, if you're going to count the goals in other competitions, he has scored two goals and had a, a couple assists in there as well. But... For a player that's been playing out wide on the left um, in a front three at Manchester City with that price tag, I think, you know, he needs to start um, scoring and contributing to creating um, goals and getting those assists as well. Uh, Matty, what's your thoughts on Grealish so far? Uh, yeah, I'd have to agree there. I think um, look, he, he's okay but he has not lived up to that $100 million price tag um, that was paid for him. Um, that being said, look, he's only young. There is room for improvement there. And I, I personally think he will come good. Um, you just have to give it a bit of time. But even then, like, you know, I don't think he's worth $100 million quid. That's just crazy. Like, unfortunately, with, these, with English players in the Premier League, there's this weird um, English tax. English you know, tax, yeah. uh, that's that's a big I remember, one. I remember Harry Maguire um, goes to Man United for eighty-five million quid. I remember when that happened. I, I nearly spilt my drink. I'm like, what? How could he be worth that much? I mean, he's, he's a fantastic player. Don't get me wrong, but he's not worth eighty-five million quid. So you know, it, that happens with any English player in the Prem. You want to buy them, you've got to be uh, willing to shell out a lot of money. And in Manchester City's case, I don't think that's uh, particularly a problem. Yeah. Um, so, Joey, what's yes? your prediction for this game? Look, I don't support neither Man City or Chelsea. But like I said before, the game's going to be decided with a late controversial goal. I feel something controversial is going to happen. And that's just my opinion alone. I'm not on, I'm not on Chelsea's side or Man City's side. 
but I do feel that it's going to be one of those games that'll be 2-2 at halftime and, and, there'll, and there'll be a very, very late and controversial goal. As we all know with the, as this derby is labelled as, the El Cachico, because both teams, <laughs> both, te- both teams have their, both, both teams are... Uh, cashed up. Yeah, because they're both cashed up. They're both cashed up and got lots of money to throw around at the best players. I feel that it's going to be decided very, very, very late because... Which way? Besides Which way do you reckon? Look, <laughs> that's tough because both teams have so much quality in their side. You can't go and say, oh, Man City's going to win because that guy plays for him or Chelsea's going to win because that guy's going to play for him. To me, it's going to be decided with a player taking it by the scruff of the neck. I feel Chelsea yeah. has a lot more of those players than, let's say, Man City does in this current era now because mm-hmm. of the players they've brought in. But I wouldn't discount Man City, man. They are one of those ones that they'll shock you. They're one of those teams that, that, that they'll be good. You can, never, you can never rule them out. You can't rule them no out. No way. Look, no way. I'm not a Manchester Clubs fan. As in Leeds, we don't like any of the Manchester Clubs. But yep. to be fair, we don't like any of the London Clubs either. So no, that's win- all right. we, don't, we don't like you guys either, buddy. <laughs> Ah, the joy of English football. But I do feel oh, that... we love could, it. We love it. We do. But I feel this could go in Chelsea's favour if, and I mean if, they play as structured and well-disciplined as they did against Tottenham. Yeah, uh, good call. My prediction is a draw. I think Manchester City will, will at least walk away with a point um, in this game. I think it's going to – there'll be goals in it. I'm, I'm predicting um, a two-all draw between Chelsea and Man City. But if you were to – if you obviously if you ask what team would go in as the favourite, obviously Chelsea, um, you know, they're, they're in form, they're on top of the table – they're at home at Stanford Bridge. They've had the wood over Manchester City. And, um, yeah, I, I just think, like you said, you can't rule Manchester City out. They are capable um, of shocking teams, especially when you think they're starting to struggle. Because, yeah, Manchester City plays Liverpool next week. So this these two games, they're the critical. Chelsea game and the Liverpool game, I think this even this early in the season, they are actually um, could be season-defining because they. And you got to remember, you, you got to remember, as said earlier, Manchester City around Christmas time last year was sitting seventh or eighth on the table, and they made this crazy charge. So you know you just can't rule them out because they can come they can come good at any time in a season and really punish teams. No, correct. All right. Um, Next game, 